welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. The Supreme Court issued 67 opinions this term, and 21 of those opinions were decided by a single vote. So one way to describe it is the crossover term, with liberal justices winning more often in those closely divided five to four cases than did the conservatives. Joining me is constitutional law professor Josh Blackman of the South Texas College of Law. Josh, is there any way to describe the type of cases where the conservatives crossed over to the liberal side? Any categories? Um, Thank you for having me on. Uh, This past term was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Many people were expecting this sort of doom and gloom conservative monopoly, and we didn't really see this. In a sizable number of the 5-4 cases, uh, the four-member liberal bloc actually garnered a conservative vote. This happened in a wide range of cases. It didn't happen for any specific reason. Uh, But, for example, Justice Gorsuch has certain um, sympathies in criminal cases. So he crossed over to vote with the liberals in some federal criminal cases. Um, In in a huge census case, Chief Justice Roberts also crossed over because he had some concerns about how the Trump administration handled uh, the the census uh, issue. Um, So each case had slightly different wrinkles. Uh, in which conservative justice was willing to uh, uh, break the line, so to speak. Uh, But I think what this term shows is that the justices do have their own opinions. They're not just voting by political party. And that it's not a given that in a given case the conservative side will prevail. Now, if you look beyond the numbers, the conservatives won major sort of game-changing decisions in partisan gerrymandering, state sovereignty, property rights, overturning long-standing precedents twice. While the liberals seem to have held the line and preserved long-standing precedents involving the power of government agencies, double jeopardy, and the census. What does that tell you? Um, it, it tells us that the Supreme Court is still figuring things out. Um, every time a new justice is added, the dynamics in the court change a bit. Uh, in the span of two years, we had two brand new justices. Justice Scalia was replaced by Justice Gorsuch. And Justice Kennedy, the swing vote, was replaced by Justice Kavanaugh. So we had this significant change in how the court is diverging. And I don't think we quite yet know where it's going to go. Indeed, we may have another appointment sometime in the near future. Uh, So this is very much a court in flux, a court in change. Many constitutional experts look at this court and say, well, Chief Justice Roberts is becoming the swing vote. But as you mentioned, Neil Gorsuch actually joined the liberals in five to four decisions four times, whereas Roberts joined them three times. Can you read anything into those numbers, or is it the kind of cases? Justice Scalia, uh, whom Gorsuch replaced, Scalia had a very strong concern for the rights of criminal defendants. It was somewhat at odds with his sort of gruff law and order personality. And I think in some regards, Justice Gorsuch has stepped into Scalia's shoes and also has a skepticism of these sorts of overbearing federal criminal prosecutions. He wants juries to decide questions of law, or juries to decide questions of fact. Uh, Gorsuch wants to make sure that we read criminal laws narrowly. Uh, I think he has this strong libertarian streak that, that Justice Scalia also had in some criminal cases. Um, is Chief Justice Roberts a swing vote? 
I think that's a bit of a misnomer. Um, I think Roberts is deeply conservative, uh, but in some cases where he thinks that uh, a conservative ruling might not play well in certain circles, uh, he sort of flips and meets people halfway. Uh, I don't think that makes him much of a swing vote. I think that makes him more of a politician uh, in how he manages manages these disputes. Uh, I'm not a fan of this approach, but he seems to be doing this sort of middle-of-the-road approach more and more recently. And he's the justice who always maintains there are no politics on the Supreme Court. Yeah, he says there are no Obama judges or no Trump judges, uh, but the sort of split-the-baby approach that Roberts uses um, becomes harder and harder to justify each, each year. Now, some, as you mentioned, some liberals feared there would be this immediate shift to the right with the addition of Brett Kavanaugh to the court. Does it now seem as if there will not be a shift to the right or that there'll be a shift, but it will be incremental? I think the magic word is the I word, um, incremental. The Supreme Court never changes quite as quickly as people fear or people hope for. Um, They usually move very slowly. Indeed, the sort of mascot of the Supreme Court is a turtle. If you go to the Supreme Court, they have these turtles everywhere. Um, Why a turtle? It's a sort of slow, plodding animal that eventually gets the end of the race, but doesn't get there in a hurry. I think it's a good way of looking at the court. They're not rabbits. They're they're tortoises. uh, The most common voting lineup was in unanimous cases by far. But does it seem as if the unanimous cases are the cases that we're not really talking about? You know, I think this is an important point. Um, the majority of cases decided by the court, right, the, the most common voting lineup is 9-0 unanimous. On most questions of law, there's not much disagreement that Sonia Sotomayor and Clarence Thomas are on the exact same page. Um, there are a small number of cases that go 5-4, to four, but the bulk of them are 8-0, 9-0, 8-1, where there's a fairly wide consensus. And I think this is how most courts operate in the United States. Most courts don't have these sort of liberal conservative divides, except in the rare cases where philosophy makes a difference. So I think it's reassuring to have these sort of 9-0 cases uh, come up to the, uh, come to the court. Uh, and so uh, this is Justice Brett Kavanaugh's first term on the court. What's your take on him? Um, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always premature to judge a justice after one term. Um, But I think we can make a couple observations. Um, First, he's going to be more conservative than the man he replaced, Anthony Kennedy. So that question, the court moves a little bit to the right. Um, I think Kavanaugh has also shown a willingness to explain himself and explain how, uh, why he's voting the way he's voting. So to give you an example, there was a case's term involving a a peace cross in Maryland. It was a World War I memorial, this 40-foot tall cross. And Kavanaugh had this opinion where he says he recognizes that this, this display may be harmful or hurtful to, for example, Jewish veterans who don't, who don't like the cross. And he went out of his way to show, for lack of a better word, empathy for the people who are harmed by his ruling. Um, that's something Justice Kennedy did, and it seems something Kavanaugh is doing as well. It is sure as heck not what Justice Scalia would have done. Scalia wouldn't care uh, how people would be affected by his ruling because he's focusing on the law. So Kavanaugh's already starting to merge in these sort of extra legal considerations, which uh, gives him a Kennedy flair or maybe a Justice O'Connor flair that, that the Scalia's of the world don't really, don't really write about.
Well, I think the liberals of the world would be happy to hear that from you. Thank you so much for joining us, Josh. That's Josh Blackman. He's a constitutional law professor at the South Texas College of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.